Let's talk about setting up email campaigns and physical mailer campaigns. Let's talk about organic SEO. That's what Neil Patel does so well. And let's talk about buying traffic and sending people that have never heard of you before to your store so that you have a, you know, a fallback plan. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. It's Rick Nusky. I'll tell you what, sometimes I get just some amazing guests on the show. And, you know, without your support and your feedback that I have been receiving, um, it just wouldn't be as special as it is without you. I'm very humbled to be your host. So thank you very much for joining us on the show today. Now, today, I'm on the line with Jared Mitchell. Now, if you don't know who Jared Mitchell is, let me just start by saying that he is the senior e-commerce analyst for Neil Patel. Not only is he the analyst, he's also a personal friend of Neil's, and he's going to be sharing uh, a little bit about his, uh, I guess, his life's journey with his wonderful wife, Alana, and how they built a massive uh, business base with a number of different organizations that they have created successfully. They've been uh, involved with and working with the likes of BuzzFeed, CBS, Modern, Cosmopolitan, Hallmark, InStyle, and the list goes on and on and on. So with all of that being said, Jared, welcome to the show. Gosh, thanks. Thanks so much, Rita. I feel like that's the best intro I've ever ever gotten. It's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, I am truly humbled to have you on the show because, uh, you know, this is so important for the My Future Business audience to take away value, uh, to learn a little bit more about um, you and your wonderful wife, Alana. Now, uh, Alana's not going to be on the call with us today. However, we are going to speak to some of her organizations. But um, I'd love to start out with how you met Alana because it's a very interesting time that I noticed on your website, something to do with salad. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, she's on the line to be laughing right now. We <laughs> met in college. We are college sweethearts. We celebrated 16 years of marriage a few days ago. And uh, we met when we were in the cafeteria and I think she spilled salad on my lap. And that's basically. <laughs> Was there a message in there? Right? Hey, uh, notice me. I'm over here. <laughs> I don't think it was intentional, but it was uh, certainly meant to be because, you know, we went on our first date and we both said that was kind of a weird date. And we couldn't really put it into words, but uh, we're definitely soulmates. It's like it, 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 from, from moment one, you know, like hanging out with someone you've known your whole life. It's really cool. What I like to do um, when we jump into the show is learn more about that side of, and you know, for me, it's important to give context to the My Future Business audience in terms of, uh, I guess, uh, you know, where you were born, where you are now, what you like to do uh, when you're relaxing. Yeah, kind of an unusual upbringing. I was born in San Diego and I moved uh, to Texas and then back to San Clemente, California then up to Oregon and then back to, down to California before I graduated college. So I moved around a lot when I was a kid and it sort of taught me how to <laughs> handle highs and goodbyes and relationships and the heartache and love that comes from, you know, interacting with different people in new places. So um, I was able to learn how to surf when I was growing up in San Diego and San Clemente. 
And then I got back into it. Well, I actually surfed a little bit in Oregon too, which was pretty cold. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sharky up there too. And then um, it got back into it when I came back down here. But um, out of college, um, my it was kind of a weird situation, but I've always loved music. And I was in a band and we got signed to Interscope Records, which is a, a pretty large record label here in the United States. It was mm-hmm. a, a, a lifelong bucket list, you know, bands like U2 um, were on Interscope at the time. So that was a, a really great accomplishment for us. And um, Elena was doing facials and waxing in her own day spa room at the time. And um, basically what happened was the iPod came out mm-hmm. <laughs> shortly after we signed and people stopped buying CDs and the A&R rep from our label, uh, joined Dr. Dre to start beats audio and sort of left us hanging and we got dropped and we signed another, uh, contract of Virgin and that went belly up because they went out of business. Oh yeah. Record label portion. Yeah. So <laughs> Wow, talk um, about anyway. a, a long list of uh, issues. <laughs> yeah, at that point I thought, ah, oh, this music thing is not meant to be. And the economy was poor at that time. And Elaine said, well, why don't you build me a website? Ah. Um, and I said, sure, that sounds great. And I'm thinking in my head, no way. And so then, do you guys have Costco's in Australia? Yes, Sorry, we that's certainly like a do. Okay, all right. So I don't know what they serve, if they have food courts out there. Here in the U.S., they got these food courts. And I was walking by the food court, and then they have these pamphlets that try to sell services. And back then, they had one that says, how to build a website. So I took the flyer off the, the shelf, and I went home, and I followed the instructions, and I built Lena a website. Um, and then basically, we went on vacation a couple weeks later and decided to start advertising the website. And as soon as I turned on the Google ads, we started getting calls and making sales. And it was like unbelievable. We were spending like a, maybe 10 cents on each click. And we were getting phone calls for 150 to $1,000 in orders. And we were making more money on a 10-minute phone call than she made like sometimes all day. Amazing. You know? So it really was kind of a you know, American dream story, I guess you could say. And um, we have tried to really, you know, really take advantage of um, the situation and grow the businesses and, you know, jump on the opportunity that presented itself. And um, that was 15 years ago, Rick. Yeah, wow. It's, it's amazing how time flies, isn't it? It is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've realized at this point, um, you know, because we own three businesses now, um, you know, I work for Neil doing consulting, mm-hmm. and that's part of my business, Beefy Sites, where I consult and teach people how to sell products online. We have a, a, a skincare brand under Elena's name called Elena Mitchell, and then we have a retail store called Skincare by Elena. And um, we've developed those over the last 15 years, and I've realized that I just really enjoy the process. It's, it's a lot of fun for me. Yeah, and it's, it's something that, you know, going back to the Costco uh, part of the story, you know, it's a really interesting story how you picked up just that piece of paper. That's a very valuable piece of paper, wasn't it? It was. I wish I would have saved it. And the company yeah. that I built the website with was called Value Web. They're not even around anymore. They got bought by a company called Pro Stores. Pro Stores got bought by eBay. 
I think they turned into like big commerce or something. I don't even remember, but it was quite comical. I wonder, uh, Jared, is working with Alana uh, ever been challenging or is it just blissful oh. all, all the time? No, it's absolutely challenging <laughs> because kind of we do everything bootstrapped. And what yeah. that means to us is we self-fund everything. We don't mm -hmm. take on any money or any investors. So basically what that means is we started in a 70-square-foot room. And then even now, uh, we've been sort of growing and morphing and leasing new space ever since. And we've had to move a couple times. But right now, we share an office. So imagine having two kids <laughs> with your spouse and not going away from each other at all at during all. any part of the day. You're there for <laughs> breakfast. You're there for work. You're there for, you know, the only thing you're not there for is maybe if you go to the gym or go surfing or, or well, take separate cars. Or go to sleep. <laughs> yeah yeah which you know barely happens when you have two kids anyways right? it, it's so. a it's a real credit to you because you know i know in today's tumultuous times that we are um, very close to each other no matter who we are or where we are and you know there are this does present some challenges so um what are some of the techniques that you you go through personally jared when you find that you know you need a little space because i, I guess we all do at times Absolutely. Uh, for us, for Elaine and I, it's vital that every day we have our own time. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, what that looks like is each morning I wake up early and we're fortunate enough to have a hot tub at our house. And I go in the backyard and I do my you know, routine in the hot tub and mm -hmm. have some time to myself before I even start the work day. So that's, that's a key component. And then also, if there's waves, I make sure to surf uh, once a day, not too long, not too short. And if there's not waves, I go to the gym. And those are two things that really reset my entire body, mind, you know, spirit. And without it, um, and, and Elena has her own too that she does. Without those, you know, we have an unhealthy relationship, I would say. Like, it's really hard if the person isn't taking care of their, themselves, practicing self-care to have a healthy marriage or business partner or what have you. Yeah, that's great insight. Thank you so much for sharing, Jared. Um, I always talk about this on the My Future Business show, the routine, the daily routine, how it resets you uh, both physically and, and as you've mentioned, spiritually. And uh, uh, what about mindset? Um, do you find that uh, you have to work on that or is it something that's, uh, you know, uh, in a good place right now? Well, right now we're in a good place because we've been doing so um, well with COVID because we're all online mm -hmm. and our numbers are up and this and that. But as a male, I find that my mental health strongly is sort of depending on how the businesses are doing financially. Right. Yeah. And, you know, Elena's obviously, uh, you know, her mental health is based on a lot of different things, you know, being a female. Yeah. And so yeah. I think first identifying and understanding those things, is the first half of winning the battle. Um, both Elena and I tend to run high on the anxiety scale, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs do. That's one thing that sort of fuels the fire, right? But yes. we, yeah, you know, we found that if we can um, communicate properly, get the get the right counseling, sometimes maybe even some medication to help us through the tough seasons, mm -hmm. that it's a manageable process. But what, where people get themselves into trouble is they're, they're in denial, either with their spouse or with themselves. And they live this, like, unhappy, unhealthy life 
where <laughs> mm. it's just no fun. No. They spend their whole life trying to pile up a big pile of money, and I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul, you know? No. Uh, you know, the thing I love about this sort of conversation, Jared, is that we, we peel away the, I guess, the mechanics of owning a business, and we talk about being human. Because uh, to me, if you're not happy, you're not healthy, you may well as forget about uh, running a business at all. Would you agree with that? Oh, my gosh. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, why are you doing this? Like, mm-hmm. if, I know so many entrepreneurs because I do so much consulting with so many different types of businesses, both for Neil and for my own business. Mm-hmm. And I talked to so many of these guys. So you can tell, you know, their mission in life is to make sure that they have a successful business and make a lot of money and this and that and i just think it's a pretty shallow goal i mean certainly we should have financial objectives and financial goals like there's nothing wrong with that absolutely but man when it defines who you are as a person you know for me like i i ask people all the time well how do you define being rich what does that mean to you like you know um and i love the guy robert kiyosaki who wrote rich dad poor dad he has a quote that i he says, rich is measured in dollars. Wealth is measured in time. For example, most people think a million bucks is rich, but if expenses are 100000 a month, um, wealth is only about 10 months. So how long can you survive without working is how wealthy you are. <laughs> being wealthy is more important than being rich, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So Elaine and I decided a long time ago, cert- certainly we need money to do what we do, you know? So we're in business to make money, make no mistake, okay? Mm-hmm. But we define it by, you know, our ability, it, you know, to be able to travel, spend time with each other and our family and things that actually matter in yeah. life. As opposed, you know, you, you pile up uh, yeah, too much money and it, it sort of stinks, you know? So yeah. that's kind of how we keep mentally healthy and motivated, right? You, you, you strike me as somebody who is very humble and appreciates, um, you know, life's gift and, and what you've been able to achieve. Um, how, how important do you think is appreciation and reflection? Appreciation and a reflection, I think, are, are hugely important. It's something that I started teaching. I was um, at uh, church. My, my family and I go to church uh, mm-hmm. on Sundays, usually when there's not COVID. And the speaker was talking about uh, Benjamin Franklin. And uh, he talked about how Benjamin Franklin um, wrote his eulogy and epitaph when he was 29 years old. And I that caught me immediately. I was like, whoa, what is that? And to be honest, first of all, I had to Google eulogy and epitaph because I couldn't remember <laughs> which one's on the gravestone and which one's, you know, it's like I'm a young guy. I haven't been to any funerals, you know, thank God. And, and so... Um, and then what struck me is he rewrote them three times over his life. Okay. Yeah. That got me thinking about reflection. Reflection's huge to me. So every single one of my students, one of the exercises I bring them through is writing their eulogy and their epitaph for the first time. And I encourage them to write it again, because what it, it really does is it forces you to God willing, we all live till we're like 80 or 90. Right. Yeah. So when I'm 85-year-old Jared sitting around to like old folks home, you know, probably can't surf anymore or whatever, um, I'm going to look back and what am I going to regret and what, I'm, what am I going to, you know, wish I did more and what am I going to be so happy that I did? 
And I, I just don't think that people have really thought about their life that way. And for me, that's a complete game changer. It makes you appreciative mm-hmm. of what you have mm-hmm. and the things that actually, again, you know, really matter and really should matter, like spending time with your kids and kissing them every day and looking them in the eyes. Um, and things that, you know, are, are you should be thankful for, like a business that you've built or a healthy relationship with your spouse and so on and so forth. So, you know, that's my kind of little soapbox spiel. I hope no, that wasn't too I, much. Look, I absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, I think we're very much on the same page in this respect, Jared. I do very much appreciate that. And that's some sage uh, insight into a life that uh, is successful. It's somebody who can look at it from the other side of the coin and say, look, you know, chasing the dollar is one thing and I think on balance is probably the the key point here it, you need it but don't necessarily make it the end goal oh completely I, I laugh at some of these um shows that you know I'm on and this and that and it, it's like they want me to brag about what you know how much we've sold or money you make or <laughs> like your volume and stuff and to me I'm like okay I guess I guess you can but it's kind of like I don't really care <laughs> yeah oh and for those of you who don't know Benjamin Franklin was like a really popular early figure in American history over here. Because if you're listening oh, yeah, in Australia, no, you like it. No, Benjamin Franklin is. Okay, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what they teach over there. No, the world is a very small place, mate. We're, we're on the uh, bottom side of the earth, but we still get information through the internet. Well, unfortunately, I don't think I know any of, like, the Australia, like, you know, leaders this and that. So, well, look, uh, like I, I think... said, when you come down, I'll help you, uh, you know, ride a kangaroo and eat a prawn on the barbie, which we do neither of, so... <laughs> coming back yeah, coming back to the point of of i guess the uh, the core of the call today jared um you're deeply involved with uh, digital marketing yourself and we've talked about some of the i guess the softer skills and the and the human side of businesses now uh, as it comes to digital marketing um are you primarily helping people with e-commerce are you helping them with funnels what is the the general uh, uh, focus for you yeah uh, i've had to kind of go through this journey of like okay what do i actually have a passion for teaching and what am i actually good at yeah you know in business what am i good at and what i realized i'm good at is um taking a business from zero and getting it to a size where it's sort of like smaller to medium-sized business and then at that point i really need to hire the right people to grow it for me i'm not like the guy who's good at going and like networking and rubbing shoulders and raising money and taking the next level so i need to hire that out mm-hmm. so i focus on especially right now with the whole COVID coronavirus thing, um, helping small businesses actually grow and, and come out with their own product lines or private labels, start selling online and selling their own products online. Um, because here in the, in the States, you know, businesses are just getting crushed by yes. like Amazon, major retailers. They've been forced to shut down. So I've been on a mission and I started this club that people can join for like 100 US bucks a month, where all I do is teach them how to build their own website and start selling products online and start creating their own products because I wanna empower these small business owners to do what we did, we've done. And so that's really where, where my passion and skill set is. But, you know, in working for Neil, we also <laughs> consult like very, very, very large companies as well. So I kind of have some experience, but I'd say, you know, my real skill set and passion is more helping the uh, mom and pop and the small business. 
I, I look at digital marketing, marketing and I see so much rubbish out there. Let's just cut to the chase. And, and then when I see the likes of Neil Patel and the quality of his work and how humble he is uh, as, as he goes about his day, it just strikes me. There must be so many things that people try to spruik and sell to you that you just don't need. What are some of the things out there that are rubbish that we should avoid? Oh my gosh, there's there really is so much, and obviously I'm not going to mention. Yeah, obviously I'd never mention names. Yeah, but of course. The first thing I'd encourage all of you to do is follow Neil, because Neil is the real deal. Like he does, <laughs> he won't put anything out that's baloney. And what you're what you're going to find is um, there's a space that exists you might not be aware of yet that's like thought leadership and online education. And the problem is the people that are providing the education have never actually done it before. Yes. I just want you, I just want you to think about this for a little bit. You might have bought an online course from someone who's simply regurgitating information. Yes. Now, I'm not going to say that it's bad information. They could be regurgitating excellent information. But if it's me and I'm going to hire someone to teach me something and spend my money on it, I want to hire someone who's done what they're teaching before, right? <laughs> Just a minor detail. Yeah, right? <laughs> so it, it blows me away that there's people teaching e-commerce that have never sold anything online before. And, um, you know, they have crafty ways of making it look like they have, but they haven't. So I would say first, you know, spot check and screen check who you're actually going to take this class from. What have they actually done? Have they worked at like a marketing agency and so they haven't actually owned the business themselves? Like, you know, really break down. Have they only done consulting, you know? So I think that's a real big one that you can sort of dig into the people that you're interested in learning from and make sure that they're the real deal. There's a lot of people blowing smoke right now teaching Facebook ads. The get rich quick scheme thing is simply, you know, the, the new sort of Facebook uh, guys who are running ads teaching, um, you know, people how to grow businesses and make money off Facebook ads. Yeah. And, you know, Amazon is a big one. Yeah. You, you just got to be really careful because um, when you really break down by the class and do what they say it's going to work for you, it doesn't work. Because what they don't tell you is that Facebook's expensive now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what they don't tell you is that, like, Amazon has updated their algorithm. <laughs> and then they're able, they're able to tell if you are trying to work the system. So, you know, the methods that worked for these guys or their clients in the past, I mean, they are long gone. Yeah. So that's kind of a general answer, but that's what I'd say. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I really love the fact that we've touched on the human side. I always come back to it because, you know, I look at the mechanics of the business and the software and the platforms and the tools as, uh, I guess, the the harder end, the, the bits and pieces that you need to actually do that. So uh, when we look at those things, uh, what are you uh, looking at at the moment that's working and, and that you'd say for people to consider themselves? Like on the digital marketing yeah. side, like what's Software, working right platforms now? platforms and the tools. Okay, for like selling physical products online, um, would you well, say? Typically, um, given that we're all on the on, in the online space primarily, there are times where, uh, you know, there's this, this crossover between uh, the bricks and mortar business and the the online mm -hmm. space. Maybe there's some some tools that we could talk about that cover both of those. Fantastic, yeah. So, 
um, you know, let's just kind of assume that you're listening and you have a brick and mortar business and you're looking for ways to survive the next quarantine or COVID scare or whatever that looks like in the future. Yeah. And your business has been closed. Um, you know, the average millionaire has about seven different sources of revenue. That's seven different sales channels. And one of the main things I see when I go in and I audit a business that's suffering is they usually only have like one or two. So if you're like a brick and mortar store owner, you kind of only have one, you know, people walk in, they buy something, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we've all seen how quickly that can be taken away from you against your will, even with the coronavirus scare, mm -hmm. you know, governments shutting down businesses, at least that's what happened here in the U S some of them just plain went out of business. Um, it's happening and it so wasn't even their fault. Yeah. So <clears throat> The first tool I'd recommend you check out is Shopify. Many people have heard of it. They just announced a partnership with Walmart the other day, which is a huge retailer here in the U.S. Yeah, I don't know if it's in Australia or not. I've never been there, but it is massive. Yeah. And um, they just released an app that's competing with Shopify. They have 500,000 stores that's sellers. Amazon, to put it in perspective, has 2 million. So they're actually not far behind. They're gaining a lot of ground. Very quickly. Check, yeah, check out Shopify. It's 30 bucks a month, and you can learn. They will teach you for free through videos. It's a little boring, but you can get it done in one day, how to start selling online. I'm also going to introduce a course teaching you how to set up a Shopify store because theirs takes too stinking long. I'm just going to set one up that, that's faster because I think people have been asking me for it too long. <laughs> so I would definitely recommend moving forward and, and getting on Shopify. And I can send you the link if you want to, you know, you just Google uh, how to set up a Shopify store and there are tutorials that come up. But um, that would be the first huge tool. Mm -hmm. I would, um, you know, buy a URL. You might already own one and get set up that store. Um, definitely. And then I would start laying out what, other sales channels you want to invest in and i would be thinking about well let's kind of think about you know this fall if everything's gonna get shut down again so if everything's shut down what is recession proof so first of all are you in an industry that's recession proof okay i can tell you beauty is it survived the test of the time test of right? time yep but are you in an industry that's recession proof do you sell products that are recession proof? Because if you don't, you might want to consider pivoting. Okay. You got to think laterally. Are the products you offer in recession? If they're not, what can you sell that is? And I can't answer that question for you because the options are endless, but that's certainly something you need to consider is the product offering and the service offering and how you will position yourself to survive. Once you figure that out, Let's lay out the sales channels that you're going to set up and the keys to your survival. So let's talk about opening an Amazon store. Let's talk about, um, you know, you already set up a Shopify, so you have your brick and mortar. Let's talk about starting your own brand or your own product line. It's easier than you think. Let's talk about setting up email campaigns and physical mailer campaigns, two new sales channels you might never have done before. Let's talk about organic SEO. That's what Neil Patel does so well, right? And let's talk about buying traffic and sending people that have never heard of you before to your store. Let's set up some new sales channels 
so that you have, uh, you know, a fallback plan. So that's uh, kind of, a, you know, how, did I answer the question? How oh, am I absolutely. doing? Absolutely. A bit of a 30,000 foot overview of um, some tools and, and processes to consider. You talked about Shopify and, and so, so forth. Um, I wonder, um, I often think of e-commerce and I, and I see long lists of products. Now, if, if, if I'm a one man band, uh, and we typically focus in the My Future Business show on the, uh, I guess, the, the startup entrepre entrepreneurs and the small to me medium-sized business owners that want to pivot. Um, how many actual products do they need? One. And this is the beautiful thing because I, I often hear, oh. oh, you need a catalog, you need multiple pages. And I'm thinking, what happens if I found one product that sold really well? Would that be enough? I mean, have you ever heard of My Pillow? It's a big thing here in the U.S. <laughs> Look it up if you want to giggle sometime. I love it. The dude's kind of wacky, and <laughs> he started out by building pillows all by himself. Have you got? Have you ever used one of those? Um, you know, uh, what are they? Kind of the dense foam pillows before? Yes, I have. Did you know that they gain about thirty percent in weight over their lifetime? I didn't know that. No, and I hazard to guess why that is. I'm not even going to tell you why that is. I think you can guess. <laughs> yeah. It is. It, it's pretty gross, yeah. right? <laughs> so he started a factory in the USA, which is very rare. And I love it because I love the idea of DIY, build it yourself, lower your sleeves up, right? Um, and he started making pillows that you could wash and pillows himself. And all he makes is a pillow. And you would not believe how large that company is now. I actually don't know. You should Google it. But this dude started in literally a tin shed warehouse. All you need is one product and something to do really well. But let's get back to the basis and nature of business. Let's find a need and let's fill it. All you need is one product. I have 50. I wish I only had one. That is some sage advice right there. Thank you so very much for sharing that because we often do get caught up in the minutiae of uh, what this is all about. And this brings me to my next very important point is um, we, we don't often think about business in terms of the value that we provide and the fact that we are serving others. Um, is that something that you, you educate people on? Is, is that is the core of why you're in business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our motto and we just redid our messaging for our skincare businesses is skincare with heart. So the entire idea is how can, you know, the, the process of self-care for some people, um, and it's usually females, but a lot of males do it too, is taking care of their skin or getting a facial or a spa treatment. That's like a really special time and moment for them. And we realized that early on, and we decided to make our company all about love. So the idea behind skincare with heart is that we literally hand select the ingredients and we literally will test it on ourselves and um, make sure we love it before we even release it to clients. And then if you buy any product from our store, you get a bunch of gifts and we just try to literally start a friendship with you. Right. Yeah. So for us, it, it, you know, it's, it's everything, um, you know, it, Obviously, it's, it's a lot easier through consulting to, to love others and to go the extra mile and to show others that you care. So, you know, that one's a lot easier. But I would challenge you, you know, what would it look like for you in your kind of business if every interaction you have with someone, um, you know, ended in a friendship? 
right? Like, yes. what if we, <laughs> if we all viewed our interactions inside of our business that way, I think we'd have a lot more people returning. This is uh, one of those calls that I have just taken so much out of. Um, you can tell that you're coming from a good place, Jared. Um, and uh, Alana, she's got some amazing things going on in her businesses. Uh, the fact that you're working with the top of the tree in every way, shape and form is an absolute credit to you, given that we started off with a pamphlet at Costco. Um, Jared, now when people want to find both yourself and Alana, um, where is the best place uh, to connect with you? Sure. Um, yeah, you know, I'd probably send you to my website, which is beefysites.com. If you just also Google anything that has to do with skincare and Alana, our skincare websites will come up. Well, there you go, everybody. So um, as is normally the case on the show, I will be making the uh, links back to Beefy Sites, Skincare by Alana and alanamitchell.com available below this uh, post. No matter where you find it, you will find links back to both Jared and Alana. Uh, Jared, in closing, I just have to say uh, thank you so very much for sharing your journey, uh, your experiences with me on the My Future Business Show today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.